As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 3 of the Believe Overwatch League podcast from the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us on all social media at Believe in OWL and at Believe.com. This week, we discussed announcements from E3, the June Joust, and the first homestand of the season. Hello, hello, everybody. Hope you have been having just a wonderful, wonderful week. It's really hot in California, so that's all that's really been on my mind right now, at least in SoCal. Um, but how have you been, Kevin? Yeah, it's, it, it's also been hot on this end for some reason. <laughs> I've been I've been indoors all day, and it's still warm in here. Um, but yeah, overall, great day, great week. Um, I've been trying to get back in the swing of streaming again so putting my face on camera um but i haven't shaved in like three weeks so like my face is like fully bearded it is insane and uh yeah i probably have to shave it off tonight uh before i hop back on or you could just let it grow i i mean i could but i got work tomorrow and (laughs) i don't I, i mean i could i mean i just don't know how much longer it can go um but we could find out. Yeah, that's the thing we? with that's the thing with Asian facial hair. It's like it's either really good or it's just kind of eh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been just just that. I streamed um I streamed a game called Later Alligator, which is on um it, it's on Steam and it's done by Small Boo, which is a, a company that is ran by a bunch of like like this couple that does animation, so uh, the alligators are really, really endearing. They're very relatable as characters, and um, yeah, it's it's funny. It, it's a good game. It's a bunch of mini games, and you're just trying to help uh, the small alligator named Pat figure out what his family has planned for him later in the day. Um, he thinks that he's going to be murdered, but everybody <laughs> else has plans. So. Um, it, it's really fun to just go around and figure out what games they have laying around. So that, yeah. that took a very unexpected turn. Yeah. So it's a it's a 
alligator mystery thing and you're you're also an alligator uh who doesn't wear a vest so sadly you're not an investigator you are <laughs> oh my you, God. you're in a suit uh a pinstripe suit so you're you're uh, the suit suit gator uh but <laughs> yeah it's uh it was a fun it was a fun game and definitely want to try to clean up all that and then get back on my pokemon grind mm-hmm. um how about you, Matt? How was your week? How's everything going? It's been it's been okay. It's been very very weird these last couple of days. Um, before we do that, uh, we we did go up in in our viewership lately. I think it's because of of the Pride episode we did. But we are now mm-hmm. at um, seven hundred and forty seven viewers this month or downloads this month. So hooray! That feels good. Um, and, and for the first time in a while, I think the UK actually overtook the u.s and listeners just barely by like what is that 15 but wow uk listening to us I, I attribute that to to the 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 watch point fam so hi watch point <laughs> um but aside from that like um so this one this happened this morning my mom was telling me that like one of our neighbors came up to uh, her and told her that like yeah, last night I was leaving my house at like nine o'clock and like there was this, she thought, I guess it was a wolf, but there's no wolves living in Southern California. So it was probably just a big coyote. Um, But she's like, there's this coyote was like looking at your backyard. Do you have any pets? And we're like, yeah, we have our dog that kind of stays outside until we bring him in at night. And she's like, oh, you should bring him in because that, that animal's going to eat your dog. So now I have to worry about my dog getting eaten um aside from that uh these like the last two days themselves have been kind of weird because um i don't know if i'm supposed to say this yet um but uh secret sauce the, the show i was working on for wondery uh the the numbers weren't as good as they would have liked so that show is sadly done um but they're hopefully we're looking to hopefully move on to another one of the projects they're working on um and so I'm trying to like also trying to audition for that because it's going to be a fictional podcast, which is brand new for me. Cause I've, I've done this esports one, which is like, it's, would you consider us nonfiction Kevin? Or like, what would we fall under? Uh, we're like, yeah, we're technically nonfiction. We're not like, we're, we're just a commentary show really. Yeah. Yeah. So commentary on, on live life things that have happened. And then the other podcasts I work on are, are also mostly non. Well, the other podcast that I did, Finding Founders, is like real life non like entrepreneurial stuff. Um, and then also, so yesterday I found that out. Um, but I also got an email from the DC Comics people who are like, "Hey, we have an opening for our social media team. Do you want to interview for it?" And I'm like, "Yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> this is literally like comic books are are, are the thing that I do. Like there I spend go. way too much money." on the comic books. So I have an interview next Tuesday for that. So there's a lot of, a lot of scrambling going on on my part. Uh, it, it, so- it sounds good though. At least you're, you're moving forward. <laughs> yeah. I mean like the, at least there's like, I mean, it sucks that that secret sounds ended, but at least there's like opportunities to build from here. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's get into overwatch and, and internet gaming things. Um, so I did, I was, I was all over the place this weekend running places. 
Um, but E3 and the Nintendo Direct happened this weekend. And so, Kevin, you have a little bit of the scoop on that. Mm-hmm. I, I have a little bit, just just a tiny bit. I have, I have enough. Just a smear. Um, just a smear. Um, let's see. Where, where should we start? Um, let, let's start. Let's start weird. Let's go to Razor first, because why not? <laughs> let's um, start weird. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so, to, uh, so Razor tends to do this thing. I, I'm not bashing on their company or anything. I love their products. Um, but, like, they have a good idea, and it sounds good. And then when they release it, it's, like, too late. They, they do this quite a couple times, but... Um, they're actually trying to get ahead this time. They have a 14-inch uh, gaming laptop that they've been working on um, and trying to update all the graphics and make sure that it's ready to go. Uh, the one thing that a lot of people were trying to get on board with was there was that RGB, um, what is it, the mask? The the face mask that we yeah. were, I think we were discussing, the gamer, the gamer mask yeah. that has... Uh, you know rgb circles and stuff and then it's like, um, a, like a microphone voice amplification and like yeah you can see through it yeah and they said that now you can it, it has anti-fog it's um it essentially has like uh it has filters on the side of it that last longer than uh regular masks and you can just use it for however long you need to um it charges it's just it's it's a mask but you know it's it's kind of unfortunate that it's released essentially way after um way after the pandemic because it would have been really nice to have um back then but we don't see why you know other gamers or cosplayers or you know um ravers wouldn't want this uh it's definitely something that fits in that category um I guess we just we just kind of hop around. We we can peek and uh, see what they else. They say is how here. much that mask is going to cost. They, I don't think they put a price tag on it, but they said that there's there's a queue to go and get it, which is which I'm like okay, like we don't we don't necessarily need that, but all right. <laughs> wow. Um. So let's see another thing. I mean, I want to try to save Nintendo for last because they kind of had the biggest part of it. Mm-hmm. Um. Da, da, da. Let's see what else did what else was good. Oh, um, Ubisoft released or said that they are going to be releasing Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, which is going to be based off of the James Cameron movie Avatar. Um, oh boy, we're, we're only like you know 12 years late, <laughs> but it it's essentially like a like an open world exploration one. Um, or you get to explore the world that way. I'm, I, I, I don't know. I think we kind of needed it earlier. <laughs> one of the, one of the more interesting things, you know, Xbox released their uh, their Game Pass for this season. Um, a lot of people were saying like, oh, it, it, it looks relatively cool. Um, and there are Game Pass includes uh, Yakuza like a dragon. Uh, Back for Blood and Hades. So if you guys want to grab those with your Game Pass, go for it. Um, and there's also a bunch of other like little DLC things that come along with it. Um, nothing that really stood out to me. Um, 
the the big one obviously was Nintendo. I'm trying to uh, I might as well hop into the smaller things. There's a couple of Marvel titles that kind of caught my attention. So the first one is um, War for Wakanda. So it is once again like it, it's set in Wakanda. It's just a it's another Marvel game where there is you have to fight against Claw. Um, to save the vibranium stash from you know raiders and people like that um and it's slated for august of this year so that's going to be something to look forward to um another one that was kind of it's kind of weird um but i like what they've done with it is guardians of the galaxy they are releasing heard about you know um it's kind it's weird because so square enix is the one who is putting it together um and the only thing that they they got the rights to use the characters, but they didn't secure the rights to use the actors' portrayals of the characters. So, even though we're used to seeing like, you know, Chris Pratt being Star Lord, and you know, uh, like everyone else being their characters, they can't use their face models as the characters in game. Um, so a lot of people were really like split because of that but the gameplay wise looks really fun um having joan jet in the intro really did help so um i will i will give them that and that's something to look forward to um i know okay. that title there was a lot of trepidation going into it because of how badly like avengers was messed up because mm-hmm. like it, from what i understand like people were mad that spider-man was a playstation ex- uh, exclusive and that like the other chapters had to be like unlocked later on and it was kind of like games as the service model like pe- are, are studios really still trying to pump out games as service like it's never worked like destiny maybe is probably the one that's had the best um the best luck with it so far but like remember when anthem came out and that was supposed to be the next big thing and it completely failed and like fallout 76 came out and that completely failed like i'm amazed that like the companies have have done have been trying this for this long and they're like at least with guardians of the galaxy they realized oh people hated avengers because we did stupid stuff with it let's not do stupid stuff with it yeah they they didn't really want to mess it up it it looks interesting enough to maybe give it a shot but um definitely waiting for the reviews before i finally pick that up you know mm-hmm. um okay let's let's get into uh the winner um <laughs> I, I have no other way of describing it um number one uh kazuya from tekken is joining smash um yeah i haven't uh, played tekken in years yeah so so the main protagonist dude who turns into a devil a jinn uh, I don't. I don't know. However, else to explain it, he is. Uh, he will be joining Smash. They did a really cool announcement trailer of him like throwing all of his opponents off a cliff. Um, but yeah, it's really cool to see. You know them branch out a little bit more into the fighting game genre. Uh, they, you know, they had to acknowledge Street Fighter, so they're definitely grabbing more and more characters as they go. Um, so that's pretty cool. I'm glad that they are expanding on that. And uh, Masahiro Sakura, the game's director, was like, yeah, we haven't shot the the thing that showcases everything yet. So, 
yeah give us give us a minute we're, we're here to announce it here but like we're not we're not ready <laughs> we're not ready for the full breakdown yet um so other than that um what one of the big ones is breath of the wild 2 i mean it is the biggest they kind of teased us with these little things like the um like the game and watch version of the Legend of Zelda. It has four games, and it's literally like a pocket version um, that you can just play. It, it's really cool in that fact. I hope that they redo this for other for other Nintendo titles too. Like if they made a if they made a Game and Watch like mini Game Boy version of like the first three Pokemon games, I would be totally down for that. Mm-hmm. Um, or even if they did like Yellow Yellow and Crystal, like that would be that would be fun. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really cool to know that, um, one of my personal favorites, like these are, there's been a lot of like mini games that are being announced for the switch. And, um, some of them like life is strange, uh, is getting ported over there. Um, one of the, (laughs) one of the ones that I'm stupidly excited for is, uh, WarioWare, uh, (laughs) WarioWare get get it together is coming coming to the Switch. So, um, so finally, my Wario prayers have been answered. Yeah. Um, if you guys haven't played WarioWare, it's like a bunch of mini games that utilize like very weird or awkward controls in order to play the game. So, like the the funny one from the Wii was like you had to to hold the Wii remote in different positions, um, like on your nose, on your hip on top of your head um so like i don't know what WarioWare get it together can actually do um but i'm i'm really interested to see what it can it can offer at least um so yeah there was also a new expansion for mario party um so mario party superstars is going to be a new mario party game that has um five returning boards from the nintendo 64 era and a hundred more mini games. So, uh, if you guys want to try it out, that's that's going to be coming around the corner as well. Um, we don't really have a specific day of like release of that yet, um, but it's just something that Nintendo is dangling in front of us. Um, there's more stuff coming out for Mario Superstar Golf um, or Mario Golf Super Rush. That is the official name. Um, they said that there's a mode which I think is absolutely hilarious. If you guys have played like golf with friends or um, golf it, where you hit the ball and like it becomes a time trial like race to the finish rather than a like per strokes game, um, they have that available where you hit the ball and then you got to run and chase after your ball. Uh, and then first one to get it in wins as well as whoever gets the lowest stroke. So I think it. I think that's gonna be funny. Um, I don't know if you can hit other players with your club. Um, we we don't know what that's gonna do. Um, there's also um, Shimigami Tensei. If you guys are into the kind of darker, original, edgier persona, um, Shimigami Tensei is gonna be a, uh, released on November twelfth. Um, and then one of the 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 other one that I, I I just think it's gonna be fun, but I'll wait till it goes on sale. 
Uh, Mario and Rabbids are coming back again. If you guys want another one. Uh, <laughs> so if you guys liked, you know, XCOM or the first Mario Rabbids game. Uh, yeah, there, there's another one. Yay. Um, but yeah, the, the biggest news is is the Game & Watch version and, you know, the Breath of the Wild 2. Um, really becoming something that people are looking forward to coming out of Nintendo. Um, there's nothing Pokemon related as uh, as usual um, in these announcements. So for me personally, I'm I'm waiting for whenever there's another Pokemon announcement, Pokemon Direct. Usually they have like uh, their own thing, but yeah, N- Nintendo definitely won the E3 war this this year. So. Uh, a lot to look forward to. Doesn't mean that it's over, but like there are a lot of things to look out for. I was I just watched the uh, the Jin reveal trailer, <laughs> and at the very end, when he drops Kirby off the cliff, and then Kirby just floats away. <laughs> so good. Yeah, um, the memes were like, "You can't kill me. I'm Sakurai's favorite." <laughs> like, can't do that. And then I'm looking at the the trailer for the new uh, Metroid game, which. I've never played a Met. I've actually no, that's a lie. I played one Metroid game. I played Metroid Prime Hunters for the DS, and that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was like very. That was a very different Metroid game because that was, I think, I, to my understanding, that was like the very one of the very first Metroid games that was FPS, and like traditionally they're kind of like dungeon crawler games. So I'm interested to try this one. It looks like a lot of fun, a lot of aliens and things and robots. I, w- I really wish they would have shown something or at least an announcement for um, Pokemon Arceus. That would have been, that's what I was hoping that they would do. But is there any word on, on when they'll release anything on that? No. <laughs> that's, that is. that's what, uh, that's what Nintendo does. They kind of just dangle things in your face and then they're like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll tell you closer to the actual date of, uh, <laughs> when things are happening or they'll just spring it on you and just be like, Oh, okay, here you go. Um, the release date, actually the release date. There we go. I found it. Release date for Metroid dread, um, is going to be October 8th of this Ooh, year. It's coming up soon. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for that. That recap, Kevin, there's a lot to look forward to. I'm, I'm very excited for warrior Aware, though. That's, I think, my big takeaway from this because i remember playing it on the, the the ds back in the day and i think i borrowed it or we played it at some of my friends birthday parties when it was on the wii so very excited for for mini game madness yeah um, it, it's one of those games where if you played it when it first came out it's more nostalgic but even if you don't play it yet um it it's just fun to play with family and friends just to see how weird it gets. Yeah. It's like, if you've, if you've played it, you get it. If you've never played it, try it and you'll, you'll get it. It's, yeah. it's very, it's so, it's very zany and very wacky. And it like, doesn't seem to make sense until you actually start kind of get into it and understand like all the mini games. Oh yeah. And one more thing I forgot to mention. If you're, if you're a boomer like me, um, Nintendo also announced that they are remastering Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. Oh my god. So if you want to play Tony Hawk Pro Skater, they're they're doing it again. They're updating the graphics and they're adding skaters. Um I I just hope that Luigi gets 
or Waluigi or Luigi get their spotlight in this. Um, it, that'd be pretty sick. <laughs> See, I never played Pro Skater. I only played um, Underground, so... I'll see. I'll, I'll think about that one. I just I have fond memories of playing Tony Hawk's Underground and Underground 2. Um, yeah, so moving on to our next thing. So um, Coca-Cola, as we all know, is one of the sponsors of the Overwatch League. I'm pretty sure a very big sponsor. Um, and like when Nico was doing, uh, was filming the spot for uh, the Overwatch League, she mentioned that like they had her take her opening the Coca-Cola can and drinking from it several times. They did another community spot uh, very recently, and they again opened with that shot of the guy opening up a Coke can and drinking from it. Um, but in Coca-Cola news and sponsorship news, uh, apparently Coca-Cola lost $4 billion in, in value after um, during a, a press conference, Cristiano Ronaldo pushed aside a couple of bottles of Coke and asked for water instead. Um, so that was, I mean, that's a huge drop in value, $4 billion after just like one sports star says, says no. Um, not really much of a tie to Overwatch besides that, but it's like, it's, it's for me, it's interesting to think about like the dual nature of the sponsorship and how like as, as the player and the sport, you want the sponsor to, I mean, you, you want the, the sponsors to come in and give you money, but also on the other hand, it's like, um, if you're, if your players and the, the icons of the sport become big enough, uh, that can backfire and, and their ex- either acceptance or, um, dismissal of your product or anything can actually cause you to lose money. Um, even though it must be said that like, I think overall in the article, I read that Coca-Cola is actually gaining market value, except this was one knockdown for them. Yeah. It it really does hurt your brand when you have like one of the biggest, you know, sports stars just saying, no, don't like I'm not I'm not about that, you know. <laughs> um definitely hurts the market share. Um but this is a, once again I've been trying to say this like why doesn't water sponsor things, right? Like <laughs> If I understand like Gatorade, like they're they're trying to get their stuff in, especially in the NBA, you see the you see the Gatorade bottles and stuff like that. But uh, hey, if and if any water companies want to like sponsor my stream, I'm totally down for that. Okay, I'll drink I'll drink whatever water. Uh, that's real water. Uh, sorry, Dasani. Um, but <laughs> I'd rather have like to promote healthier gaming, like habits rather than just like chugging powder and and juice all day oh to go briefly go back to to what we were talking about with um the the reveals and stuff so you know how uh xbox took over bethesda Mm -hmm. uh and you know how like at the beginning bethesda's like oh we're not gonna make things exclusive for xbox Mm -hmm. um so their new game starfield that's coming out it's like a, a space rpg that one is actually going to be an exclusive on xbox so just goes to show you you can't trust bethesda even though i love their games you cannot trust them they're buggy and charming and now xbox exclusive so if i want to play them i'm gonna have to buy an xbox in addition to my playstation rip and we'll, my bank well, we'll see we'll see because like xbox you know is owned by microsoft and they tend to end up porting it out anyways 
um just like a lot of games like you give them a year or two and then they'll they'll port yeah. themselves out even if they're an exclusive like some some games will do that so i mean like i know tomb raider was a timed exclusive for playstation at one point yeah so for like i was it like a year that you couldn't get it on xbox and eventually they released it but like uh, this 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 is makes me sad because i mean like i grew up on skyrim and fallout so to not be able to try out a new ip from from bethesda kind of makes me sad but also like I have other games I could play, I guess. I can just twiddle my thumbs and wait for Overwatch 2 as I've been doing for the past couple of years. Um but yeah, going back to what you were saying, like I'm I am surprised that like water companies aren't bigger sponsors of sports and stuff because like that's the number one thing that that players will drink aside from like sports drinks and some of them won't even drink the sports drinks because they prefer water. Like Ronaldo like prefers water. Yeah, just give me, just give me a, uh, give me a water promotion. Like, I'd be totally down to just chug water. That that's pretty normal. So I mentioned Overwatch too, and um, I, I was talking with my brother's girlfriend, and she, as as she put it, Overwatch Two is now a half a decade old. Which I don't know why, but just phrasing it that way makes me feel so much older. Yeah. I prefer the small child analogy, <laughs> but it, it's, yeah, it's been a long time. And just knowing that, you know, it's been around for this long makes not only me feel old because that's like, yeah, um, it was in the very last year of my college days. So now that I'm like way out of college, um, and it just shows like how much people really enjoy the game because there's still a team and there's still like people working and playing the game. Um, it's just a matter of time and like figuring out like what we have to do in order to, you know, keep the game running and keep people interested, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, they did draw some interest over the weekend. Um, they've released what the new Sombra and Bap skins are going to look like for Overwatch 2. Um, yeah, so they were revealed at the Summer Game Fest. But like a lot of people, a lot of people really liked it. Um, a lot of people had some complaints. Like, I don't have the images in front of me, but they compared what, I mean, this is the most vocal complaint that I've seen. Um, they compared the face, the faces for Baptiste and Sombra and looked at them and like, with the new graphic processor or, or software that they're using to to do the, all the animation, there's a lot more emphasis on shadows and it kind of, I don't like it as much. Like all the shadowing and all like the the contouring of their faces. Um, I also think I like Baptiste's hair in Overwatch 1 better than what they're going to do for Overwatch 2. Um, I think Sombra's like costume design is interesting more uh she's gotten rid of like the trench coat thing and now you can see her shoulders salute <laughs> skin too much skin yo baptiste showing shoulder too like come on man like it, it's totally it's very interesting to see what they're doing with the characters too um at first i thought oh cool they're just gonna polish them up make them look a little bit older but um a l- literal like change of design does feel a little bit jarring um especially for 
us players who have played Overwatch one for a half a decade. Um, half a decade. Yeah, it, it's just it. This game is starting kindergarten. Like, come on, man. It, it's it's really interesting to know that this is where we're heading and what direction we want to see the game get to. So what are your thoughts on the redesigns? Um, I honestly think that they're, they're okay. They're solid. Like I miss Baptiste having a splash of orange. That's one Mm -hmm. thing that I was looking at. And I was, I was saying like, Oh, it's, it's a cooler, like more sleek model, but I don't, I, I kind of miss his, his hair. Uh, you gave him a him a mohawk kind of just like down the middle um but i i wish that they kind of kept some of the gadgets that he had originally in his color scheme um but you know it, it's baptiste he's gonna still play the same way i just think that you know reckon recognition yeah. when it comes to colors are gonna be a little bit off for me when i do see him in game um and like as we're actually gonna see him it's not third person it's yeah but like if you're if you're going against him, right? Like mm-hmm. you 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 you're used to seeing some sort of contrast against it, but um I do understand if they if that's the purpose of it. Um as for Sombra, I just think that they sleek they, they slimmed down her design. Um it's more cyber tech y, which is fine. I mean if it's it fits her design, um and I, I think it's I think it's fine as is. I, I just want to wait until once again, like when Overwatch one opened, they had that huge like wall scroll that had like as many of the characters as they had originally. Um, I want to see that again when they're finished with all the redesigns, right? So you have essentially the new art of all of the Overwatch heroes, and it just shows us like from Overwatch 1 to Overwatch 2, what do they all look like? I I mean, compared to, like... No, not compared to, but I mean, like, from what I've seen of, like, Tracer's redesign, I, I do generally like what they're doing. Um, and like I said, I like how, like, she is slimmer and sleeker. Um, there is, like, a lot more emphasis on the tech aspect of Sombra. I think, like, if you look at her her new jacket, there's she's got more wires and, like, panels and stuff. Um... I am going to miss that orange on Baptiste. Yeah. Um, who would you want to see the redesign for next? Because we've gotten some reveals. Like we, we've gotten, we've gotten Farah, we've gotten Genji, we've gotten Ryan and Brig. Now we've got, uh, we got Tracer. We've got now um, Sombra and Baptiste. And I think we also saw Mercy a little bit too. Mm-hmm. I think May pretty much, I feel like she stayed the same. Same with Winston. They look very, from what we've seen, very similar. Yeah. Um, I want to see what they do with Diva. Ooh. Uh, do they make the mech fit an older Diva, or do they get a new pilot? Um, and then Diva now comes out of the suit as more of a like you make her essentially like a Metroid, like Samus type character. Mm-hmm. Um, because she can't. She can't get fit in the suit. I mean, it's the Evangelion logic here. Okay, <laughs> you have to you have to get the young one in there, um, or else it doesn't work. Um, but yeah, I feel like that is 
another definite thing to think about. Um, Diva, I feel like, is interesting. Like, or is this going to be the same? Um, I I don't know. I don't want to know what happens to Anzo if he's going to get older. Um, he's going to be more of a thirst trap already. Um, <laughs> There's there's definitely a more lot. side boob from Hanzo. Now you get yeah. both side boobs. Yeah, he he just takes off his shirt now. He just gives he did he gave up on just the the single tease, uh, you know, left nipple game. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I feel like it would be really interesting to see, um, what other characters like redesigns they do. I mean, we saw Lucio. Uh, a lot of the Omnic characters are probably going to stay the same. I wonder if you're going to see, like, wear on them. Um, whether it's, like, rusting or um, just, like, a different look on them. We haven't seen... I don't think we've seen Roadhog or Junkrat yet. Nope. Um, I mean, the most we saw of Junkrat, I think, was when they were showing, like, the... Um the, the, the skill tree menus. And even then, all we saw was his player icon, and that wasn't changed at all. Yeah, so I feel like if you're gonna do something different in that fact, you wanna you wanna switch it and make it. Um, I okay, I I'm having a hard time wording this. If you're going to show Roadhog and Junkrat's future skins, do it at the same time that you're gonna reveal Junker Queen, right? Like if you did if you did a really cool like I I don't want to say like do another cinematic. But if you did another one where it was, you're, you remember how we saw Junkrat and Roadhog try to like steal the treasure, um, right, and get get the queen that way. Um, if you saw that again um, with the new models, and then see what Junker Queen looks like when she stops them, um, what would that look like? You know, I think that'd be really cool. It's like I feel like we would expect the Junker Queen at that point, but just like. A last second reveal of her in the trailer would be really fun. Like if they if they were to like redo that like or do like a special like archives mission or something mm-hmm. on on Junkertown. I would really I think that would be cool. I, I want them to reveal things in kind of a big way. Um mm-hmm. like I mean we know what Sojourn looks like, but what like we, we saw a little bit of soldier. Um, we, we don't know Anna. I, we, Anna's already pretty old too. Um, I, I don't want it to just be like, oh, here's a tombstone with a hoodie on it. Like you can't, you can't just say, oh, that's our, that's our remake. Have fun. And I'm like, come on, man. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what they, they do with the characters. And I'm excited to see what what direction they take them in um as well as like you know whenever we do get this game whether it's another five years down the line or you know hopefully within the next year um we we're excited and happy with whatever they decide to do um i just hope that we have enough to to really hold it all together you know so next thing on our list um before we get into more league things um so a while ago we we'd had like a a semi-interview with Valencia about the art that she did for the deadlock rebels book that book 
by Lindsay Ellie actually came out. Um, I was able to pick it up and read it. Um, I reached out to her on Twitter to try to get an interview. She hasn't seen it yet, but I will follow up in a couple of days because I think it'd be really cool to talk to her about um, writing this book. But yeah, uh, Deadlock Rebels came out. It's from Scholastic. It is, uh, how many pages is this? It is 290 pages. It took me, I think, two days to read, like a, a couple hours. It's a um, real book. Huh? It's a real book. Oh, yeah. It, it's a it's a physical book. It's text. It's prose. Um, so this book, uh, let me, I'll read the back of it. I think I might have read this when uh, we, when they put the, the description on Amazon, but <clears throat> in the years after the Omnic crisis, the American Southwest is ruled by vultures looking to profit off the chaos. The West is ripe for the taking, and Elizabeth Caledonia Ash intends to write her name across it. When Ash is arrested yet again, this time on the morning of her high school graduation, her aloof old money parents decide to disinherit her from the family fortune. To, to steal back what's rightfully hers, Ash teams up with her Omnic butler, Bob, and local ruffian Jesse McCree for a series of heists, catapulting the trio into a game of fast money and dangerous alliances. Along the way, Ash discovers that family isn't just about blood. It's about the people who you've, who've got your back when your back's against the wall. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty much the overview. So it's about the founding of the Deadlock Gang. Um, in general, I really enjoyed this book. I think it was a lot more entertaining and interesting than... Uh, the Hero of Numbani book, the one about Arisa. Um, one of my big, big complaints about that book was that it felt like it was trying to justify its own existence. Like um, the book was about Arisa. So we know that Doomfist is going to come in there at some point. I feel like they shoehorned in Lucio just to have another character. Um, a lot of the dialogue from that book was just voice lines ripped out of the game, which in context sounded really stupid and did not make sense at all. So um, while that book was, was entertaining and like, if you're, if you're buying it for a kid who plays Overwatch, they'll definitely really enjoy it. Um, I felt that was very kind of mid ground for a book. It, it felt very much like fan service. I feel like deadlock rebels did a lot better of um, establishing Ash and McCree as characters uh, it didn't, uh, the, I think the only voice line that I recall reading was the Bob do something. And like, I expected that because I think that's, that's a line that everybody loves. And it, it didn't feel shoehorned in there. Like Ash wanted Bob to do something, anything in the moment. So that's when it came and it felt natural and it was like, okay, I like that one. Um, they didn't, uh, unlike hero of numani the only two characters hopefully this isn't a spoiler yeah i don't think this is a spoiler because like ash and mccree are kind of doing their own things um in this and this is very very early ash and mccree so this is this happens before reaper or reyes or um blackwatch even comes into the picture so um they're not in this i would have liked to see how how that happens but it's not in this book it's just ash and mccree and i like how it's very self-contained like that there are some references to Overwatch as the, it, like just in the world in the Omnic Crisis, um, but it it felt very satisfying. Like it wasn't trying to 
prove that it was an Overwatch book. It, it's an Overwatch book in that it's set in the universe, but it does a very good job of like establishing who Ash is, establishing why she's so mad at McCree in the short where he's like not part of the gang anymore. Um, and it, it gives color to hopefully interactions that we'll see in the later games. Um, I wish Bob talked. It would have been fun to see Bob talk, but he's a very silent Omnic. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I think it was very good. I, w- I highly recommend if you're a fan of Overwatch, like even if you don't read a lot, it's a very easy short book. So you can just like read one or two chapters here and there. Um, but I liked it. It was very good. And the art is obviously like very, very beautiful. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely like looking, I'm looking at it. And I think that when it, when it comes to a book, especially like a self-contained like light novel of sorts, you want it to be able to exist in its own world, um, even if it is connected to something bigger. Um, I feel like that's really important, um, especially because you want a book that's like complete. And I know that when you try to shoehorn it into a, into a property, it just feels forced. So um, from what I've heard from you so far, it's just, you know, its own thing. And it it works well because it doesn't need to acknowledge, you know, the rest of the Overwatch lore as much. It's just these characters existing in their own bubble. Yeah. I think there's like McCree a little bit less. I think McCree is very static throughout this entire novel, but. I did like Ash's character development a lot. It, it did feel like it was a complete journey for her and you can feel her as she's changing. She feels like a real person thrust in this situation. I don't like the explanation as to why the deadlock thing says established 1976. I don't know if that was Lindsay Ellie's invention or if that was something that was told to her. It just didn't feel like... Because a lot of the criticisms... Um, or not criticisms, but a lot of what the fans have been saying is an inconsistent part of the lore is that McCree and Ash were founders of the Deadlock Gang. The Logos has founded nineteen seventy, established 1976 and just further ages in the canon and the lore. It didn't make sense. I would love to pick her brain about it, but I'm, I'm personally like, eh. it feels like you just kind of had to find a way to explain what Blizzard did because Michael Chu left holes that no one knew how to fill again yeah where you, you guys are out here trying to patch up holes on the wall uh <laughs> god damn we, it true we, leaving holes for people to patch up yeah we do he's just out here with a sledgehammer and we're, we're out here with some uh some all the poor writers having to like reconcile all of all the different things like look through all the fan forums like okay what's a plot hole what's a plot hole what's a plot hole yeah. and then try to like stitch it together um but yeah i i enjoyed it good book overall um and go read it if you can i don't know if it's in like when i when i look to try to pick it up in person i'm like barnes and nobles in places uh or targets they didn't have it so i think i ordered it from i think from barnes and noble online it's also on amazon as well um but bezos doesn't need any more of my money (laughs) so uh pick it up if you can highly recommend so, Kevin, I think you're probably more qualified to talk about this topic, but the the runaway um, 
esport organization disbanded their Overwatch division. Yeah, so this was really sad to hear um, coming out from literally one of the powerhouses of early Overwatch. Um, and yeah, they, they said, you know, after five years, which is literally the lifespan of Overwatch, um, they they said that, you know, we're, we're ending the Overwatch team uh, for Runaways. And it's really... It's really sad. Um, if anything, this proves how hard it is for tier two and like rogue teams to essentially make their way to the top, right? Um, not necessarily not the players, but like the organization itself is not really getting the support that it needed, mm-hmm. um, especially if it's one of the biggest, like one one of the one of the most successful esports companies um, in the game. And like, I, I remember there being a post from a while ago. I'm going to make sure that I look it up. Um, but it just shows how well this team, um, how well this team actually was. So, I'm just gonna I'm gonna do a really quick breeze through this. So, um, there's there's been a lot of players who have been on this team and definitely made their way to the league. And it took them a while, obviously. Like a, a lot of these players were were there from the beginning. Um, you have like you have like people like Kuki, who is now the uh, Florida Mayhem's main coach. You have Yang Wan, who's now the assistant coach of the Vancouver Titans. Um, Noru, who is with Gen G right now, um, used to help out um, a lot with the initial start of the Soul Dynasty. Um, when it comes to players, you have a lot. Uh, if, if you really want to get into it, like TZ was on that team, you know, literally the entirety of the Vancouver Titans. You have Hawksaw, Bumper, Stitch, Janu, um, Twilight, Slime, Somensu, and Hurang were all from the first, from one of the most successful Runaways teams there. Um, you have Yaki, Gangnam Jin, who are now both on the Florida Mayhem also um, from Runaways, Hisu, Lee J. Gong, uh, Mag. We flower. We haven't seen him in a while, but he's definitely there. Assassin, um, and a bunch of other really good players have all touched, have been either a part or were a part of this organization. Um, and I remember watching, you know, the the former, you know, Vancouver Titans team when they were the Runaways. You know, when they had to wear pink and it was cool. Um, they they were dominant and i was glad when they got into the league um because i was like okay yeah now now we definitely have you know a, a team that has been together for so long they know how well they play um but yeah it, it's just really sad news to hear that one of the most successful korean contenders teams is no longer going to be here um it's something that's going to take a lot of like it's going to take a lot of thinking from the Overwatch League side 
if you have a player like this um, or you have a big organization like Runaways leaving, um, what does that do to, you know, the Korean market? Like you still have like Element Mystic and stuff like that, but it's just a really big hit to the Korean, the Korean contender scene. Mm-hmm. Like I think I feel like the contender scene is kind of wild right now because you've got pro players who lost their spots on the top tier league moving down into contenders. And then you've got like um, Fusion University came back and it was a big announcement. But now you've got other organizations like folding and, and now uh, Runaway, who's like you said, it's been a big name. I remember like on a lot of the exhibition matches, they get the runaway squad back together and it was always a big hit with the fans. So um, I, I, I'm concerned about what's going on in the contender scene and if anyone actually knows what they're doing. Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird to think about because it's cool to have... Um, like to have the scene be there in general but the fact that there's no real real path to pro like it really does discourage a lot of players from even like now even attempting the game because they know that hey if there's no way like there's no like true path to get there how am i supposed to how am i supposed to be successful in this esport right mm-hmm. um and it's it's really tough um like we we know for other games essentially you climb the leaderboards you get people interested um in your game and then later on they eventually become and and do what they need to do in order to get to that top tier um and what overwatch promised it was like okay go through open division if you win open division uh you get into contenders and if you get into contenders then you play you know you play in the overwatch league right that that was the the path that they were set out to do um the only downside is you know there are still players at the top of the of of the overwatch league scene and the fact that they're not really I would say they're not taking talent um, like a full team from the top of contenders into the Overwatch League. It kind of just hurts their it 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 hurts the path to pro idea. Wasn't the um, last time they actually did it for the Vancouver Titans with like what was it Team Doge? Yeah, well, yeah, they, that's what they did, and then it got completely like. It, it it fell apart and then they had to go and scrap and grab literally a contenders team to fill in that spot and the thing about that is like even if the vancouver titans grab they did grab you know team doge to be the vancouver titans the hardest part about that is like what about all the other regions right like they're still also competing for that same spot but there's no guarantee that they'll get into the league, right? Um, the the best way I, d- I don't want to say like it's it's messed up in a way, but I feel like this is really like 
this is a way of going about it. Um, if the league, we, we currently have what I think it's, it's, we have a very weird number of teams, right? Um, because like the APAC region has a certain amount and the, the NA region has a different amount. Mm -hmm. Um, I would suggest this is just a very weird idea, but they have a team that's called like the new stars or the rising stars, right? Um, essentially they take that team from contenders that won the last year, the previous year, and they get a slot in the overwatch league. So it's not that it's not that they have a team or a home, right? They don't have a home base. Um, but they have a spot in the league. Um, and that gives them a chance. I mean, the league should be able to, to cover that. Like, um, if they have their coaches and stuff, um, it would be interesting and, you know, definitely a true path to pro if the team that won, you know, either Korean contenders or, you know, NA contenders, they actually get a slot in the Overwatch League. Um, not only will that introduce new talent, but it will also prove that your path to pro works. Yeah. Um, and the the cool thing about that is like you have that team be a team if they perform well like let's say let's say if that contenders like the new rising stars contenders team gets like wins the overwatch league one year right like that definitely puts things on the map for them for those players um and then you know contract discussions will definitely happen um but I feel like the the interesting thing about that team is like they cannot sign veterans. They can only sign veterans to you know coaching positions or something like that. But every single player on that team has to come from contenders at some point. Um and I feel like that would be really interesting to see for sure. Um it it's just better for the path to pro itself. Mm-hmm. So overall it is is the path to pro scene decently healthy or or is it just kind of making a little bit of news now but it's the same as it's always been where it's still been a little bit neglected i feel like it's not like how could i describe it it doesn't feel like it's correct it's mm-hmm. like the correct path to pro um it, it feels like it's just kind of it's it's letting them believe that they can make it to the league and then by the time that they prove to everyone yeah we are that good we deserve our spot they they can't give it to them um it's like i i understand like it's supposed to work like all the other sports where there's you know um there, there's a G League, right? There's a development league, and then you get through your skills, you essentially get picked up into an NBA or a full-on like true professional team. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, like we don't really have that. We don't have a draft. We don't have a way of getting players into the league, right? Um, and it's tough because you want the core. You want the team that has played together and 
know how to work together, right? But without having with with a draft, you end up splitting that up. But even as an organization, sometimes you might just want a couple players rather than the entire core. And it, it's tough. Um, it's tough to think about. But I would much rather, you know, have a full team come in and, you know, like if they don't prove themselves, like even if they're middle of the pack, right? Um, it shows like, hey, we deserve our we deserve our spot in in the in the spotlight. We we worked for this. We should be represented in the league. Um, and yeah, if, even if it's just like a team doesn't have a home stand, right? Like you can make their home stand wherever the hell you want, Blizzard. You can you can do it. Uh, I who who cares? You can put it in Hawaii. You can <laughs> you can do that. You can plop them in Hawaii for for a little bit. You can bring them over to you know, like bring them down to South America, dude. Like Brazil would probably have a really sick like Overwatch scene. We probably just don't know about it, you know. Um, it, it's just a matter of you know they don't have a home, so you can set up a home stand wherever else you want to, and just see what teams like about it. Um, they set it up, you know, if the the European teams don't really have a lot of other teams to really work with, you know, besides the Spitfire and uh, the Eternal, you can definitely bring it over to other places in that region too. So I feel like that's, that's an opportunity that Overwatch League needs to do because without the path to pro, they're really, they're screwing over their future. Essentially they're, they're not letting them think or like, you're, you're essentially cutting the dream of being in the Overwatch League short because they cannot 100% guarantee that they have a spot. Um, it doesn't mean that, like, at the end of the year, they all become free agents, right? Um, so, if anything, they have to go back through contenders and work their way back up again. But um, it definitely gains traction and gains interest, which is something that especially in the current G League or not just G League, but like, you know, the contender scene, there is nothing for us to, to like really work with, you know? Yeah. I don't think if, I don't know how this would work, but I was thinking like, what if either at the end or the beginning of each season, like when um, like teams could declare how many spots that they're looking to fill and then have all the p- people either like either contenders or have people like if they wanted to do open sign up they could but have like a comp like have exhibition matches and competitions and like that's where the teams will go to scout like there's a designated way that people can go through a system to to show off who's good and and who's getting picked up and if like I don't know if if you do well enough and you, if you score enough points then maybe you can like be ranked as some of like the top players and then like you could see the teams picking from those seedings who they want to fill their spots I, I don't know if that would work but i feel like that would be a more coherent system than whatever happened is happening right now yeah i mean there's no proof that path to pro works and all the all the evidence points to no it doesn't work 
So you have to tell us Overwatch players it does work. Um, and you can get there. And even if it has to be like the big question obviously becomes money. It's like, oh, where are you going to get money for the facility and all that stuff? I feel like that has to come from Blizzard, right? Like you you have Blizzard put them on a solid enough contract um, that they're able to at least afford a place, maybe have a team house and essentially play the games out of there. Um, it's really interesting to see what they can get done. So um, I need to... I need Overwatch League to prove to me that Path to Pro works. Um, and if not, you're going to lose your players to other games that are more, that are showing that, that are showing that they can be a solid Path to Pro. So so to move on to the, the League proper stuff, um, we, we've said that the Chinese Overwatch teams are going to be holding their own homestands. Um, and now in America, we are kind of, we're getting, I guess these Kind of this counts as a homestand, um, but both the Dallas Fuel and the Houston Outlaws are going to be holding in-person events for the Battle for Texas on July 8th and 9th. Um, in both Houston and in Dallas, these teams are going to be hosting their own events. I don't know how I feel about doing both of them at the same time. Like I, I get that like this will help control um, the the popular. I just not the population, but it'll, it'll help control numbers, I guess, in one place if you separate them. But I feel it's not going to be the same as if you had both teams at, in the same place and then also just limited the number of spectators. If like if they're doing that, because I think, I don't know how the rules are for Texas, but at least in California, as of as of yesterday, all the those restrictions have been technically uh, relaxed by the state. Yeah, this feels kind of kind of weird. Uh, not gonna lie, it's to have the the battle for Texas in two separate places um, feels weird. Um, but at the same time, like you want to have as many people as possible while staying within regulation. Um, I understand that they are solely letting off of restrictions and stuff like that but the the homestand stuff i mean if you're going to do something like this i would much rather have um players feel comfortable and like not have to you we haven't had crowds in like what a two year year two almost two years do we even know how to crowd anymore yeah, exactly. Do we know how crowds work? Because um, I understand, like, you know, I, I've been watching the, the NBA playoffs and stuff like that. Like, the crowds there, you know, are still... It reminds me of the crowd scene, but it's completely different from when you're there. Um, if, if you're a player, especially a player, when you don't hear sound versus when you do hear chants and you do hear everything. Um, it makes a huge difference. And I hope that, you know, the, the better that we get, you know, with vaccinations and with safety protocols, um, or just better well-being for us people, um, we won't, we won't get each other sick, but at the same time, 
Uh, I don't trust anybody else. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, yeah, same. It, it's one of those things where, like, if you're out looking for, um, like, I know in California, it's like, I think it was, was it yesterday or today? Um, that there was like new CDC guidelines and they said like, oh, you could, if you're vaccinated, you can go outside without a mask. And if you aren't vaccinated, I'm you should wear a mask. Yesterday, the 15th. Yeah. Like they're, they're saying everything's opened up again. You don't have to wear masks. Like everybody, like you could go back to full capacity. And I'm like, I don't trust a lot of people still. Um, so for me, what I was saying is like, I want to make sure that I'm going to give it maybe a couple more weeks, wait until people are for sure vaccinated. Like if you're out there meeting somebody you don't know, I'm definitely still wearing a mask. Like, or if I'm going to a public place, I'm going to be wearing a mask for a little bit. Um, because the one thing that I don't want to happen is obviously us getting too relaxed and then another thing happens and we all just die. Um, so, yeah, we just got to we just got to figure that out, you know. Now, do you think we're going to start getting more of these? I mean, like China's already been like set to go for a while. Like these have been, I think even before the season started, like it was announced that like, if it was possible, China was going to do everything they could to get these homestands up and running again. Um, how do you think that's going to play out stateside? Um, it, it's kind of tough. I think that we are, I think we're doing the correct thing by opening it up slowly i do want obviously i do want home stands again like i'm not saying like no we we don't we we don't do that right um like <laughs> it, it's tough to describe i would much rather have a hundred percent like a safe open and then start having home stands again rather than just being like oh we haven't had a home stand in a while let's just let's just go you know um but I mean, if everybody says it's safe and says that we're good, then yeah, I I'm still gonna take safety precautions before going out. But um, I won't I won't stop other people from doing it. I mean, uh, I can I can watch the game on Twitch uh, <laughs> or on YouTube now. I would much rather have a safe. Um, I'd rather have a safe environment and have a nice homestand rather than even risking everybody coming back and getting sick. Right. Um, so anyway, uh, I think the, the prices for these are very, very different. I believe the Dallas fuels price for a ticket is $15 where the Houston outlaws is $60 unless you're part of like their special deadlock fan club. And it's 35. Um, and this includes a food, food and ticket voucher, gift bags, and of course, admission to the events. So if you are in Texas and you are, you're going, uh, let us know how it goes and send us photos because we'd love to see how things are. Um, anything else from you, Kevin? Because that's, I think, all I have for news. I think, yeah, news-wise, we, we pretty much covered everything. I'm, 
I hope that everybody goes to goes to the homestands when we know that we're we're safe. I can't wait to see the shockwaves and everybody else again. Um, those guys were essentially like my second family and my excuse to go outside of the house. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to having people get back together. I just want to do it safely. Um, I forgot to mention in the intro, I watched uh, the entirety of Invincible on uh, Ooh. on Amazon. Ooh, okay, okay. That was that was fun. Um, that first episode, though. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> I was. My friends were like, Kevin, what are you watching right now? And I, I told them Invincible, and they're like, describe it to me. And I'm like, all right, if you took like a Marvel, if you took like Spider-Man and you added MK to it, that that's what you get. And they're like, oh, excuse me? And I'm like, yeah, it just... You watch episode one and you just see things that you can't you stay unsee. after the credits. Yeah, and you say after the credits and you're like, bro, like <laughs> what? <laughs> it was insane. Um but yeah, it was fun. It would it definitely is a series that I would recommend. Uh give it a shot if you haven't already. Um but yeah, I, I thought I thought it was a really cool and fun series. Um, I hope that they, I hope they do more. I've been, I've been wanting to pick up the, uh, the compendiums because there's 150 issues of Invincible. I saw it at Barnes and Noble one day and was like, oh, I'll pick it up next time I was here. It was back the next day and it was gone. So I, I feel very bad about not impulse buying that, but, um, you know, check out Invincible guys. It's so, it's so good. There's a lot of also a lot of Asian voice actors in there. So support the Asian actors in the industry. Um, anyway, thank you everybody for tuning into our news section. We will be back at you next week with just news because we are going to be on break for the league. So only one episode next week. If you haven't yet, please check out the interview we did for pride with, uh, Oh, with Watchpoint pride. Um, and yeah, give them, give them a shout out, give them some love. I believe this weekend they're launching their discord server. So, um, give them some love for that. And, Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Next week, we'll update you on any gaming and Overwatch news from around the internet. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.